Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and as always, my co-host... I am Chris Huddleston. And today we have got a gold star humdinger for you, because today we watched Megaforce. From the director who brought you Smokey and the Bandit, Hooper, Cannonball Run, comes the ultimate spectacle. Megaforce, an elite compact fighting unit armed with the most sophisticated weapons ever seen on a movie screen. The mission to preserve freedom and justice and battle the forces of evil. The good guys always win. Even in the 80s. Megaforce. Well, uh, you know, that trailer is nice and short and sweet, so I took the liberty of grafting on the banging uh, title track, Megaforce, by the band 707, which is just too hot a tune not to include. I hope we don't get a cease and desist letter because I let it roll a little more and whatever. We're not making any money on this. Um, do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston? I do, I do. And I'm, I'm going to admit that uh, I'm into... My third or so high alcohol content um, holiday beer, so I'm getting a little bleary eyed. But this is from this is the Prime Video description, which which I really like. Megaforce is a 1982, 1982 or 1981. I've seen both um, film, and the description is colossal special effects and death de- defying stunts highlight the futuristic thriller Megaforce. Barry Bostick stars as Ace Hunter, leader of an elite task force of adventurers who gallantly fight to uphold justice. Awesome. Well, uh, let's chop it up. So, um, who you, you want to start? You want me to start? What? Where we? I you go. You go ahead and start. Yeah. Uh, I was I was really excited to see this film. It's a cult classic. Um, that I had not seen before. And I had not seen it either. And But you had said you had even seen ads for it in the back of comic books. That's the only, like, this is seared in my memory, but this is the only knowledge that I have of this film was seeing, yeah, the ads, and, and I was probably, I don't know, how old was I in 1982? Eight, nine, like, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they advertised this heavily in the back of comic books. And I remember thinking, wow, that movie looks amazing. And then I never saw it until last night. So, and you know, it is, it is amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, frequently, I sat amazed, uh, at the <laughs> <film>. <laughs> There is so much to talk about. I I I think I said it during uh, Kill and Kill Again that I wish I had taken notes. I wish I wish I had some some a syllabus to go through here because 
almost scene for scene. Now, I will say uh, this was more definitely more watchable than Kill and Kill Again. Um, oh, I totally agree. Yeah. By by a million miles. Yeah. And uh, this is a cult classic for all the reasons you'd expect. There are just crazy design choices in the in the vehicles they created and the costumes they created the concept itself is so out there and weird it's like megaforce is this independent i guess it's the un except instead of being a peacekeeping force it's like a special ops thing um you know you I kept thinking that a 10 year old must have written this because it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's clearly aimed at 10 to 12 year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, the dialogue is like, I, I'm making this up, but it's like, there's, you know, there's a romantic uh, element to it where the, the lead male and the lead female kind of start throwing sparks. Yeah. And the stuff they say to each other, it was literally like you, like a 10 year old boy would imagine a romantic scene would go. It's like, I I can't even anything I'm trying to make up doesn't even you know he says something about you're gonna tell a she has a she's a general or something and she's got one of those little you know pins on her breast pocket that has all the medals she's won and he says something like you know I oh that was always told that you could tell a lot by a soldier by staring at his chest or something like that and she says or hers and. Then he like raises the night. It just goes on and on. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> well, that that made me laugh because it was like, or hers. So it was like clearly an invitation or whatever. And he's like, okay, let's go to dinner now. You know? And, and I say they're striking spark. There is no chemistry between these two on screen whatsoever. Mm-mm. So it's not, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and uh, and Harrison Ford. There, there's mm. just no on-screen chemistry there. The the guy I, I read some blurb that he had just come off of Pirates of Penzance or 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 something like that on Broadway. And well, he was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Which who was he? He is uh, so Rocky Horror Picture Show. He is listed as Brad Majors, a hero. I think he's the. Is he like the husband or the uh, boyfriend of uh, Susan Sarandon? I'll have to go back and look at that. But I mean, he's I had a from that. he's had a big career. Like, uh, I mean, he has how many credits on IMDb? A bunch. I'm not 182 credits on IMDb. I'm not disparaging the performer, but no, no. his his style is so camp in this that it feels. Um, how you know camp is great i enjoy camp um Mm -hmm. but if some people are camping it up and others aren't or this whole production has a lot of campy elements in it and the chest line um it's clearly intentional it's Mm -hmm. not you know this this movie thinks it's hilarious it thinks it's a riotous you know action-packed you know uh, yuck fest of mm-hmm. great zingers and gags and all of which by the way are like crazy early 80s um they're all like you'd hear you know junior high school kids like target acquired you know and then somebody makes a zinger and he goes 
target destroyed. And these are adults, mm-hmm. uh, supposedly elite military. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, what is going on in this movie? So they're like adults acting like they're in a play army of fun time G.I. Joes. I, I don't know. I mean, it was. Mm-hmm. And they're all wearing these tight spandex unisuits. Very tight. And like, no. So I. I uh, Beige I, or gold. I don't know what color that's supposed to be. And, I was talking to a friend, uh, a female friend, while I was watching this. And I sent her a couple of pictures. So they. Their uniforms are these kind of one piece things. And she immediately, so I sent her a picture and she immediately focused on the package area. And it was like, you know, it's like, whose idea was this to have these, uh, one piece for jump for kids or not? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah. I mean, okay. So moving on. It's about two fictional countries, right? So this isn't the United States or Britain and the some Eastern Bloc. You know, you see this sometimes where there's some make-believe uh, Eastern Bloc country, you know, mm-hmm. like um, Bologna Stan or something. Now, that's absurd. That's absurd. But, you know, like it, they try and make it sound like a legit country if they're taking it seriously. And it's basically Western forces, U.S., Britain, whatever, versus this rogue state. But in this case, it's two made up states, you know, that that are just have no bearing on anything. And yet we've got this sort of very archetypal British general who's the stuffy one. That's the butt of many jokes. And do you, you, do know, you recognize did you recognize that guy? Vaguely. He was from uh, and I'm going to look him up here. Just His name is Edward Mulher. He was on Knight Rider. He was kind of uh, like the, the sort Knight of Rider. boss guy on Knight Rider. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He did look vaguely familiar to me. And, and, and there's some one, I guess. So there's a bad guy, there's the mega force. And then there's like the bad guys and the bad guys are, it's like a tank army. It's an army of these big tanks. And there's a dude that is actually friends with the head guy of, I don't know any of their names. His name was, uh, let me, let me look it up here real quick. I don't care. His name's something funny. It's like Ace, Ace somebody or other. (laughs) Right. His name. Yeah. Ace Hunter. Ace Hunter. Yes. Like the Ace Hunter, the like most, you know, alpha name that they could possibly come up with. Ace Hunter. Right. And so he, he, this, the, 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 um, nemesis equivalent, they're buddies. Like mm-hmm. they went, they were in some sort of battles or something together, but it made it sound like they were in school together, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we go way back. You know, we were in Mrs. McGillicuddy's science class. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great guy. There's this really delightfully weird scene where the other guy just takes a helicopter and it shows up and they're like, hey, this is the Cobra commander, you know, but they're walking around. You know, and I thought of this guy time. as sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I thought of this guy as uh, just his look and kind of his delivery. He was like bargain basement Burt Reynolds, basically. That's that's yeah. how I thought of that. Ouch. Guy. Yes. Very cutting. And he but, was in a uh, he was in a lot of stuff back in the eighties, but but yeah. 
He was just like, we couldn't get Burt Reynolds, so we got this guy. And uh, a lot of his dialogue feels improvised to me, mm-hmm. actually. Certainly the the cadence in the, or, or that he did not rehearse his lines at mm-hmm. all and just sort of showed up and, and uh, plowed his way through because they don't make a lot of sense sometimes. His name is Henry Silva. Great. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I almost, I don't know where... I guess the only place to start is really the beginning. So there's this one of the mythical countries is the British guy and the female lead. Mm -hmm. And they are in the army of this one. And and the the tank army has been like blowing up stuff along the border. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what we need to do is we need to, we need to recruit Megaforce to come in here and stop this guy for reasons like because if we do it it's going to start an all-out war or i don't remember why they couldn't just i didn't know why they were fighting we have an army right Mm -hmm. i don't what you need megaforce for but so then they go out looking for megaforce and they're, they're in a limo and the limo driver just drops them off in the middle of the desert and unloads all their bags like as though they're a duke and a duchess they have like 30 bags mm-hmm. <laughs> a limo drives you out of the middle of the desert and then the guy just drives away and, and and the the general's like this is ridiculous i i've never seen anything so absurd in my life don't not stop don't drive away how does the driver know where to t- it, it none of this makes any sense and she's and then, this she's this beautiful indian woman and she's in this like slinky dress, like out in the desert. What was the point of that? I don't, I remember her in the military uniform. I don't remember her wearing the dress to get there. Yeah. When they showed up and there was like a, uh, a rattlesnake and the guy shoots the rattlesnake. Indeed. I just looked her up on IMDb. Do you know who she is? She is the, have you ever seen uh, Star Trek, the motion picture? Yes. She's the bald woman from Star Trek, the motion picture. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, she's gorgeous, but it's just this weird thing where she's in this tight dress, like out in the desert. Why? <laughs> then well, later they go to the Megaforce place and she's in her general uniform. But it was like, why would you wear this tight dress? You know, to why would you not be in just like jeans and a t-shirt again, or something it's like out in the desert? Your old logic. It's like, yeah. It, gag is they pull up in a limo that drops them off in the middle of the nowhere this is an outrage what you know what's happening and it's some sort of a punchline. but then this truck shows up with a couple of yahoos in it and it, you know just to paint the picture it's like megaforce it's kind of like the a-team it's this there are these crazy experts and they don't get into this in as much detail as i retroactively wish they had but it, there's there's an Asian guy and there's a black guy and there's a Southern guy who, by the way, has a he's got a yeah he's got the the rebel the flag patch flag on his shoulder, which in <laughs> 2020 you're just like oh no. So it's like they're representing these. You you said at the beginning it's like the UN or whatever, and I guess they're representing these different countries. You have a a Japanese guy who's totally American. But he right. has a Japanese flag on his thing. Right. And, you and know, like he's a... his name's totally. like Steve or something. Yeah. And then you have the cowboy guy who has a rebel flag. So he's representing what? The failed state of uh, 
you know. <laughs> it's like, what? What was the deal? I was like, what country is he representing? You know, Man, the, you know, it wouldn't be a movie in 1982 that thinks it's funny without getting into some real racist stuff with the with single black character who is listening to his, you know, his headphones. And the, the British guy is like Gladys Knight in the pips. And, and he's, and like, he's he says, right, like, who, no, Vivaldi, Vivaldi. And it's he's like, I'm like, a smart person. Yeah, right. <laughs> And it just, but, but on and on, like three mm-hmm. or four passes at that. And you're just like, oh boy. Oh. So uh, what I wanted to see is like, okay, well, so then the Asian guy must be a judo master, right? Let's see that where he breaks things with his head. And, uh, you know, it's like, the, if we're going to do that stupid trope, let's do it. But they didn't for better or for worse. He's just an American guy named Steve or whatever. They didn't have a native American guy who Uh -uh. like threw tomahawks and they didn't have a, you know, I mean, it was just, but that's, so there is no rank in Megaforce except for the leader, Ace Mm -hmm. Hunter. He's the boss and everybody else is just like an equal team player. And it turns out that they're like right outside their base, but they've all got this crazy hologram technology that makes you just look like the middle of nowhere. Um, so they go in to this huge base. And uh, we get to a point where the um, the female lead, the general, uh, says, I'm coming, I'm coming too. And, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, they're incredibly condescending to her being like, I don't think you could handle the cool stuff we do. And so she goes, try me. And then there's this big montage. It's not even a montage. It's a series of, of scenes in which they do, they Mm -hmm. do put her through the training paces. She's like flies a helicopter and nobody can believe it. And she's, you know, shooting the guns and nobody can believe it. It's just all this stuff that proves what a badass she is. And every step of the way, nobody can believe it. And finally, so they, they have plenty of time, I guess, to do this. And then, uh, you know, she goes, haven't I proven myself to you? And he's like, oh, no, you're great. And I apologize. I I didn't stop you sooner, but there's no way you're going to come. <laughs> <laughs> and his argument is basically, it's not it's not that oh, you know, we're all a bunch of guys and having a pretty girl around is going to be distracting. It's just that, you know, we 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 work so well together as a tightly, uh, you know, coordinated unit that any variable, you know, any Your variable. Your estrogen is going to mess this all up. Well, I, you know, to 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 his credit, he's like, it, it isn't just that, but any any outsider would be would throw us off balance. Mm hmm. And she goes, I don't like it, but I understand it. <laughs> she accepts it. And they did they did the same shit in uh, Kill and Kill Again, which I think we covered in uh, episode 25. He's like, you, you know, you can't go along on this trip. This, you know, this is for dudes only or whatever. Yeah. But no with, girl. That, with that, she went. So I I'm watching the movie and I'm thinking, why do you introduce this character to not use her in the movie? Right. You know, it doesn't make right. any sense other than just to be the love interest for the, you know, that she immediately falls in love with. Right. The, well, if the you didn't hero. have her in it, they couldn't do that cool thumb kissing thing. That was weird. Where, what was that? 
I well, don't know. Where did so that come from? Have you ever seen he's that? He's flying before? away and he's like hanging out the back of a you know carrier plane, and she's like bye, and he goes bye, and she puts her thumb to her lips and kisses her thumb and gives him kind of a thumb. It's half a blow a kiss, but like if you were flicking it with your thumb, and then he kisses his thumb and he gives her a little kiss thumbs up back, and I was just like that is crazy. I, I, I had never seen that before that. And it, they do it. It becomes their thing. Yeah. Now they do it. You know, I, I wanted to put that as the album art, him with that. Look, there's a shot of him making this just absolutely ridiculous face, like holding up his thumb. And I thought you don't, you see that picture and you don't understand so much more about this movie. You don't understand that he just kissed his thumb and you don't see the whole. So I went with one where it's like a full body shot of him next to these vehicles, which we should talk about now. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. So Megaforce has got like um, stuff, right? Like G.I. <laughs> Joe, they've got dune buggies and motorcycles. All of these things are bristling with like rockets and lasers and stealth stuff. It's like James Bond stuff to the nth degree, but an army of it. And it's all color coded with these kind of like zigzag. It's not even desert camo. It's like there it's sort of this cool 1981 zigzag pattern. Right. So it's like, well, we don't need to blend in or anything else. We need to look cool. Right. So but it's not all cool at all. It looks really, really stupid. I, I bet it was in 1981. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But. But there's this whole, my favorite thing, I think, were the motorcycles, which were just like bristling with rockets. <laughs> so they did get a bunch of real tanks and they, yeah, they had a guy a real build tanks. all these vehicles. These are all practical things. Um, and there is just shot after shot. How long is this movie? It's like 90 minutes. So like I would that. say a solid 30 minutes, minutes of the like film that. is just footage of them driving the tanks, shooting the tanks, you know, jumping the motorcycles off of stuff, firing these uh, rockets mounted on the motorcycles. And it's not just a motorcycle with a rocket on either side. It's one of those like chips motorcycles that have the front hood. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's like four or six, you know, like sidewinders loaded on the front. So you'll see a phalanx of these things going, and they all go, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> all of the rockets go firing off. And they just show this shot again and again from different angles. And I understand that this is where you put all of your budget, right? But mm -hmm. that doesn't make a movie interesting. I mean, you, you see it in the trailer and you're kind of like, wow. But I would say it's a solid 30% of this film is that type of footage. Of oh, just, yeah. Look sure. how cool these tank is. Now there's eight tanks and look at these things. And, and oh, there's a, so oh, we're going to jump ahead a little bit. One of the motorcycles is a prototype that can fly. So we get this great thing where the little, little, little wings go come down on the back and he lifts off and they do this sort of early days CGI thing where he's like on a green screen, you know, pretending like he's flying a motorcycle looks more like he's riding a seahorse or something. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, sailing through the air. Yeah. To the lands. very end, he's got to get into the, uh, 
their big plane that they have. Right. Um, And the whole time he's making these faces like he's having an orgasm, you know? (laughs) Yes. And I just wondered, where's the director? Is the director on board? He's like, yeah, more, bigger. That's hilarious. You're a genius. (laughs) Or is is the director just, you know, out doing coke or what? Wow. So I I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, here's some of the movies that the director directed Smokey and the Bandit, the original Smokey and the Bandit, Cannonball Run 2, Stroker Ace. So he was like heavily working with Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. So it was like we had to get Bargain Basement, Burt Reynolds, you know, in this one because we love Burt Reynolds so much. But yeah, it. That was hilarious, that scene where he's flying through the air. Like you said, it's on a green screen, and it just looks so bad. Megaforce, because Burt Reynolds passed. <laughs> didn't didn't want to do the project. I bet, I bet you're right about that. I bet he, they offered him this one, and he was like, nope, not doing that. Well, anyway, I've been talking while you're drinking. You talk. I don't have a drink, but so, I'll pretend to drink. I started out with this movie... And it was a lot like Kill and Kill Again, which I think we covered on episode 25. And so the very beginning, the opening credits were fantastic. And I was, you know, it's this like kind of black and white, uh, you know, kind of black and white sequence of the tanks and all these things. And I'm just like, wow, this is going to be amazing. And then nothing ever lived up to the uh, to the credits. Uh, these were some notes that I took. The associate producer of this was David Shamroy Hamburger. I don't know if that's a real name. <laughs> it was filmed. John Smallberry. It says filmed in introvision have you ever heard of introvision before? Oh, I have. I not. don't know what introvision was. Now, in fairness. So, did you watch this on Amazon Prime? Yeah. Yeah, that was the only place that I could find it. It was like three bucks on Amazon Prime. The print looks really, really good. And that's one of the one of the great things right now with streaming is these kind of garbage movies from the 70s and 80s have really good prints, you know? Um, I wasn't so- sure how much of that was them and how much of that was my TV plussing it up. It could be, it could be, it was you know, standard I, definition too. Yeah. But it, but it looked, I thought it looked great. What did you think? No, I thought, I thought it looked great too. Yeah. Um, I'm not so, disputing that. So another thing in the credits, parachute and flying sequences by Zoptic special effects system. Okay. Edited by S skip Schoolnick. <laughs> so like I'm, the first 30 seconds of this movie and I was completely sober. I was cracking up just like, this is going to be amazing. And and again, it was kind of like kill and kill again, where it like, this just, is one that yeah, I wish this, that we had been able to watch together. Oh yeah. Yeah. Together. We're, we're going to have to do like a live cast at some point where we just, we just watch a movie together, but, but I didn't feel like any, and the, uh, it had this great kind of, you know, uh, I don't know how you would it's not techno because it because techno wasn't a thing in the 80s but like that that score in the um 
in the opening credits was really good. And then nothing quite lives up to that. But a, a right. couple of other little notes that I said that I took. So we haven't really talked about this, but the, the, uh, the main Megaforce guy, his kind of like sidekick is this cowboy guy called Dallas, uh, played by Michael Beck. I really liked him. You know, he was charming and the two of them have this nice rapport together. And there's one point where, so he's taking the English guy and the Indian general woman to see this scientist that they call the egg because he's, you know, he's so smart. He's this egghead guy. And he says he has more degrees than a red hot thermometer, which I thought was a great line. <laughs> and they, we touched on this a little bit, but the uniform, so they have kind of two different uniforms that they wear. They have this one piece, like very tight brown uniform. And then I have, a, then they have, I guess what I would think of as like their dress uniform that's kind of red and blue. I thought and that was dope. I thought that that yeah. red and blue thing was, <laughs> I was like, I got to get me one of those. Maybe that's a Halloween costume for me. One they year. have this, like, that would be like a deep cut Halloween costume. It's like, I'm the dude from Megaforce. Yeah, but I'm on Megaforce, man. He has this like folded over. So it's like red and blue. It's mostly blue. He has this folded over kind of thing. And then it's like almost like a scarf or something. That's like a lighter blue color. But I've I've mentioned this before when we did uh, the Flash Gordon episode and maybe maybe some other ones. So I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's amazing to me that Star Wars came out as great as it did because Star Wars could have been this. It could have been Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia in like disco outfits, you know? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing more. Hmm. Uh, some of these movies that we've watched, it's not that they're more absurd than Star Wars. All I can think of is that just the, the vision was less specific. Yeah. And one thing you can say about Lucas was he had a very, very specific vision. And mm -hmm. I think if the actors were like, why what's you know what's a wookie why am i running i mean no offense big guy but like why am i running around with you know that that george lucas would be able to explain that in great detail like yeah i think there was definitely some of that where they were just like eh, i don't know if this is uh you know this is gonna work like there's a big long section of this movie that they're just in the desert fighting and it's kind of boring you know yeah yeah for, there's a there's a big spectacular sequence where they decide they need a smoke screen and so there's that was cool light. all the different colors it was, yeah it was that cool. was visually neat yeah it was cool but I feel like that that's a perfect example of like so that's one shot and they mm -hmm. made it like a big event you're like you're not this isn't really forwarding the plot at all mm -mm. but you're so proud of this shot that we're gonna just really really linger on it for a long time. And now we're going to show up close up of the guy. First of all, it's not practical, right? Mm -hmm. These guys are driving the motorcycles. The smoke is hitting them in the face. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to see to drive the, mo you know, it's a spectacular looking thing from the aerial shot. Right. 
But the whole movie is full of that. It's full of like, look, now the buggies go and now the drones go and now the motorcycles go. And nobody dies mm-hmm. in this movie. So it's a movie about a tank army and, you know, a megaforce army. G.I. Joe thing. Exactly. Blowing each, each other up and just rockets firing left and right and everything exploding and going crazy. But yeah, let's nobody use dies. All this on the on the show. So, I mean, I guess there's a part of me that's like, I don't know on a big scale. I don't know what they were. Obviously, obviously they were hoping audiences would just love this and lose their mind and that they would sell a lot of toys. Right. Mm-hmm. They'd sell a lot of these cars and action figures. You know, they could sell the action figures in two different suits mm-hmm. and. You know, they'd sell tanks and they I mean, I, I, I see that they had um, a big vision for it on that scale. But there was a part of me that was like, what are we, you know, the good guys end up winning, I guess, or the good guys get away. I mean, they didn't really destroy the tank army. And then the British guy shows up and says, actually, you can't come back into our border like that was the plan because politics. Mm -hmm. Sorry, dude. Um, So you're just sort of trapped here with the tank army and then they figure out a way to kind of get past the tank army and get into their own plane and get out. Mm -hmm. But was anything accomplished? They didn't stop. They didn't capture the tank guy. They didn't blow up all the tanks. They got in, they kicked some butt and then they got double crossed and then they got out. Right. I, I was confused, I have to admit. I mean, so I was kind of like, what is this movie about? Mm-hmm. And then he has this line where he breaks the fourth wall. At least in my memory, he does. He says to the bad guy, he's like, you know, the good guys always win, even in the 80s. Yeah. And you're like, what? I mean, that's clearly a line for us. They de- They definitely had this demarcation between the 70s and the 80s. Because they said something about like back in the seventies, you know, right? Which was a, literally a year ago when they shot this. They mm-hmm. shot it in eighty one. It came out in eighty two, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I the whole thing was confusing. I did. I enjoyed elements of it enormously, like the lighting. You know, little things like we're talking about big stuff, but they're in the underground base. He's in his dress uniform. They had a weird exchange about her chest or whatever. <laughs> And then this is all before dinner or something. And then so they've like they've been kind of pooping around the base, giving them the grand tour. And then eventually they come together in the sort of strategy room where there's this low slung table and the the it's like a lounge and the lights go dark. And this kind of holographic topographical map of the border or whatever comes in and little red dots start appearing like Indiana Jones map showing where they're going to head, mm-hmm. you know. And he's just reciting everything elaborately in minutes. At at 0546, we will be entering here. And by 0547, we will be, you know, then by 0548, they will be, you know, it's like every minute something new thing is, and it goes on and on and on. And the thing is lit. The room is completely dark. And there's like a theatrical pink highlight. You know, it's just bonkers. I'm like, this is your... This is your war room. This is your strategy room. You you all just come in around the lounge and you sit around the table and you've got, a, you know, a, like a pink gobo on the over your shoulder. And it was just, 
it wouldn't have surprised me if they'd had a little wind machine, like, you know, his feathered hair, you know, teasing his feathered hair. I just was like, I don't understand the world you're trying to paint here other than Megaforce is really cool. Mm -hmm. And don't think about it any harder than that. They've got the coolest stuff. They've got the coolest hair. They got the coolest costumes. They got the coolest paint jobs. They got the coolest names. Mm -hmm. They got the coolest special skill sets. They got the coolest attitudes. And it's just like, this is the scene where we showcase the coolest attitudes, you know? And it doesn't, other than that, there's no string stitching it all together. No, not at all. Right? Not even a plot. I mean, at the end, then the bad guy can like, oh, he got away. Like, and like he's laughing, or... he's laughing yeah. about them getting away. He doesn't seem concerned or upset or anything that they got away. So it's just like these a bunch of boys playing war. They're the best yeah, of friends. It definitely felt like it that. It doesn't get any more fun than this. This is when we have a, the most fun in the world is when we get our toys out and we play battle. That's what the whole movie felt like. And I understand if 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 you think that's going to sell toys. But it doesn't make a particularly compelling movie to watch. That plus the performances. I read read an IMDb comment on this and, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But the guy claimed that he had worked on the movie and was like part of the... um, the food crew or whatever. And, and he said that the people involved, and this is one of my things about do people know when they're working on a bad movie? And uh, this guy said that like everybody involved thought like this was going to be a giant hit um, and that it was going to be super cool, you know? And so I don't know, but yeah, well, it that was, might have been that might have been the cocaine. Yeah, that was that, probably, actually, that was probably the cocaine. Yeah, that but, comes through in the performances. They all look like they're having a great time. Oh, they are, and it's like they're winking at the camera, you know. But it was very much what you were talking about there made me think. It's very much like the uh, GI Joe cartoon where you know the helicopter explodes, but we make sure that we show the guy parachuting out so he doesn't die. Did anybody die in this movie? No. Yeah. It's just like, again, it's just like they're playing. It's just a, you know, a no, game again, of I'm not tanks I don't and need motorcycles. I don't need a movie in which people die. No, no. But if you're making a war movie about literally two armies trying to obliterate each other and nobody dies, you're kind of like, I think we're missing the math here. I mean, there seem to be no stakes at all. Right. Yeah. Because they all seem to know that no one was really going to, you know. Let me ask you this. If we had watched this in 1981 or 1982, whenever it came out, would this have been a movie that we would have enjoyed? Or even in 1981 or 82, would we have been like, this is ridiculous? I think the latter. Yeah, Um, I think so too. But I think that some of the stuff that I think is cool now, I would have thought was really cool then. And some of the stuff that kind of bothers me now, like this is how they light the war room, (laughs) would not have bothered me at all then. I'd have been like, no, no. That war room is really cool. Yeah. (laughs) But I think the fact that it was ultimately a boring movie, Mm. it would have, you know, if I was 10, I would have still thought this was a boring movie. You hit the when nail. I go, back and, when 
when I go back and watch Star Wars, Star Wars is hammy and corny. Mm-hmm. But I I still love it for all the reasons that I loved it as a kid. It did not feel hammy and corny to me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It just felt awesome. And you hit the the magic word. That was exactly what I was thinking with this is it's boring. And I think that is a lot of these 80s movies. You see the poster, you see the description, and you think this is going to just be fucking insane. And it's, I'm going to go back to a few episodes ago with Kill and Kill Again. They're not ridiculous enough to, and I almost think it's like, you know, now you have the, CGI and the crazy, uh, you know, choreography and all that kind of stuff. A lot of these 80s movies that seem really wild and crazy on the surface are not. They're just kind of boring and dull. And that's what this movie is. It's just boring. I mean, I think about The Lighthouse. There's not a lot that actually capital H happens in the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the two guys and they're on the thing. I mean, we see them doing chores and we see them drinking and we see them getting on each other's nerves. But nothing. You're like, what happens? Two men go in a lighthouse and go insane. I mean, mm-hmm. there. that's the plot. But I found it riveting. You know, I didn't find it boring at all. It, no. it, 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 it was a roller coaster ride emotionally. Um, and here's a movie where you have an army of tanks and an army of dune buggies and motorcycles that can fly. And it's boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, wow. You spent all that money on all those, you know. I think a lot of that is just kind of the VHS era, era where... And this movie isn't necessarily indicative of that, but there's a lot of movies from the VHS era where they probably put all the money into the poster. You know, they did a really crazy poster and nothing in the film actually lives up to that. You know, it's just kind of a bait and switch kind of a thing. Yeah, we got to be a little bit careful about being like, well, movies just used to be boring. I don't think that that's no, no. They, they, not, not that that's what you were saying, but no. I think movies did move at a slower pace. I think, oh, for sure. Since the MTV generation, our generation, think the pace has, um, and actually music videos were a big part of that. Faster cuts and just the expectation of things like, you know, moving along at a faster clip is definitely true. And and to the point where, you know, you get a, a movie like Transformers, like a Michael Bay thing, where it's just there's a whirling, you, your eye can't track all of the, it makes you a little seasick, makes me a little seasick, you know? That's just, um, not just me that like I can't, I've never gotten beyond about 10 minutes of one of those movies where I'm just like, I can't do anymore. That's that's an example of a movie being boring. There's just so much activity. Mm-hmm. The the most boring parts of those movies are the action sequences because a you can't tell what's going on. They switch between slow mo and like, you know, the the Transformers when we were kids in the car. This was a hand drawn cartoon. 
would would change from a robot to a car in the same way that the analog toy you had would. Mm-hmm. Like it was all connected at the core and there were maybe 12 moving pieces, right? The legs would fold up under and then there were wheels and the arms would fold up under and there were wheels and the head would rotate and tuck under, right? And you could imagine that if you shot the thing stop motion turning from a car into a robot that you could kind of get your head around right and in his it's all like nanobots these tiny little pieces spinning and whirling and gearing and changing and and i'm like well why when they're robots why don't they just look like big smooth silver whatevers why do they look vaguely like reconstructed cars you know oh yeah and not to get off on a tangent but we are we're way off on a tangent. Well, that's okay. It's fine. That's okay. Uh, but Transformers, if they had just taken the cartoon and did a live action version of that, I think I would have been totally into that. You Absolutely. Know? Look, you could you made could totally... made the characters look made the uh, the Autobots and the Decepticons look like they did in the cartoon. Are you telling me that you couldn't get you, there would be an engineer that would be over the moon to build a VW Beetle? Maybe they even did some of this, some practical stuff. Did you ever see Bumblebee? I haven't seen I know it I, I have not seen it, but I know that people thought it was better than the other Transformers. Better. And I think yeah. I think they must have done some practical stuff in that. Because I figure you could get it like we're gonna be like, look, okay, so the robot is about ten feet tall. And it's a VW. And what I want you to do is, it. Uh, we don't need it to walk around. It would be awesome if it could, like, maybe move its arms and hands, maybe turn its head, right? Mm-hmm. But, but all we really need is I want a scene in which our ingenue is standing in the doorway of the garage there. And the thing, build me a thing that, that looks like a VW and then stands up into a robot. And you'd have gotten some engineer, not only who would have done that, it would have looked so cool. Yeah. And I don't know, CGI is cheaper and cheaper, but CGI is not that cheap. You know, people, huge budgets on these CGI worlds. I'm like, I just want a garage. I want the robot to stand up. I understand he's going to be running around shooting a laser. There's going to be some heavy CGI going on there, but. You know, it's not like the Terminator. It's makeup and they actually built the sort of Terminator skeleton at the end of it. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. It looked animatronic, but, you know, it's I, I, I don't do this every single episode, but it's my puppet versus CGI uh, rant. Um, anyway, so I don't think it's actually all that off topic because this movie felt like it was aiming squarely at the Transformers demographic. And by that, I mean the, the kids who were watching the Transformers cartoon at this time. Yeah. Right. Or for that matter, the GI Joe cartoons at this time when nobody died. Um, so, I mean, I think it's germane to be talking about that stuff, but this movie felt adult in weird ways and kind of coked up like inside joke ways. I'm like, you know, the camera's rolling, right? I mean, <laughs> you're saying that in the movie, unless mm-hmm. they cut it out. Um, and maybe they figured the kids just, this would be for the parents. The kids wouldn't pick up on it. I don't know. I guess so. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, so what do you think? Would you would you recommend this movie to our listeners? So we watched it on Prime. You had to rent it. It was three bucks or whatever. I don't think it's worth paying three bucks for. I mean, if you know, if you could watch it for free, maybe, but there's just not a whole lot to it, to be honest. Yeah. It's not the worst thing that we've watched probably. I mean, it's 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 better than Kill and Kill again. But there's a kernel of kind of cool ideas there, but it just doesn't quite come together in my opinion. I, uh, IMDb it's 3.8, and I'd say that's probably about right. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um I think if it was I think if you and I had been able to sit together, you know, in Parkersburg when I can't, you know, if I had come home this year and we could have sat on a couch and gone through a case of holiday beer. Yeah. And, watched, and talked and laughed and wait, 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 pause that. Did he just say, you know what I mean? Then I think it would have, I think for us and we're a particular kind of viewers, uh, I think that would have been enjoyable. That would have definitely been worth the rental, and I think that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, with a couple, like, watching it by yourself. Again, like I said, early on, you know, I watched the credits and everything, and I was like, wow, this is going to be... Because I was I was literally laughing out loud by myself, 100% sober, and then just nothing... Laughing at it, not laughing yeah, yeah. with it. Yeah, like, laughing like, at it. Laughing at it like, oh my God. And after that first like minute or two, nothing like really lived up to that. But yeah, if you could watch it with like a couple of friends or, you know, or a friend or whatever, it, it's, it's you know, you can laugh at the, the tight outfits and all that kind of stuff. And the I wonder, horrible I, design like a, of the motorcycles and everything. A prime candidate for Mystery Science Theater 3000. They oh, there's a, uh, there is a, um, uh, What's the thing that they riff tracks? There's a riff tracks of this. Because so. I thought, you know, professional comedians would have a field day with yeah. this. There's so much. Yeah, this is perfect for that. For an MST3K um, or a riff tracks. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I guess that's two thumbs down unless you're really into the. <laughs> the hot mess of it, in which yeah, case if you just want to watch a bad movie, it's it's not a good movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd have to give it a thumbs down in that regard, but, but there is some cool nostalgic stuff. Like I thought the, the dress uniforms were super dope. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that the, you know, I, I thought listening to that, um, rock song Megaforce by 707, I was like, Oh yeah, that took me right back to like when I was 12, yeah. what, I, what, and the actors and aren't are. bad. Like the main guy and the cowboy guy, like they have this nice rapport together. So you know that was kind of cool. So it's just bonkers. Yeah, you know it's it's just Daffy Quackers baloney bonkers, um, and, and boring. Like I that sounds great to me, except bonkers that it's and boring. boring is not a good combination. No, I give me crazy, but yeah. you know if it was crazy, great. The this room is a- it's crazy great. The room is like against all odds, it's actually watchable all the way through, and I. It's oh, it is step by step. It's a worse movie, 
in many, in if you pick it apart, then kill and kill again. But mm-hmm. kill and kill again will put you to sleep, and somehow you end up watching the room from start to finish, and you're like, "That was, I can't get my head around that," you know? Yeah, and you know, I think the the movies like this, as much as I kind of rail against CGI, this would be the kind of movie that that CGI would really benefit because they could really probably do the stuff that they wanted wanted to do at the time if they had computer animation maybe you know? yeah yeah maybe i mean it would be dumb and ridiculous but the flying motorcycle would have looked cooler i mean mm-hmm. i i the green screen stuff they did to today's eyes just does look yeah i mean i i think the cgi would have like really this would be the kind of movie that it would have benefited benefited because they could have done like all the crazy stuff that they wanted to do yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then the green screen always looks kind of always kind of looks, you know, I, I suppose at the time they're like, isn't this amazing that we can do this? But nowadays you look at it and your eyes like I, I and I said this before, I think, but I like that was a part where I was cracking up laughing where he's flying through the air onto the whatever B2 bomber or whatever they have. And he's doing his O face, you know, and. That was just hilarious. I loved that part. Yeah, and deliberate. You know, he must have thought this is going to be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like I, you know, we can see, we can see what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are we going to do for next time? So, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the uh, pre-show part. What do you think about? We haven't really done this kind of genre exactly but what do you think about something like basic instinct instinct sure i mean i haven't seen that one i saw that when it came out mm-hmm. what was that 80 it's probably like early 90s i think early 90s Maybe 90 yeah. 91 Later. 92 something like that i don't other than the kind of infamous interrogation scene where she's not wearing underwear uh i don't remember anything about that movie okay well that'll be fun that'll be fun um great so we're gonna that's that's a thriller really right is it yeah it's it's a serial killer thing i think so yeah that kind of fits into our genre a bit i think it's not exactly something that we've done but yeah i think that should be fun i like it I like it. So um, if you have uh, suggestions, uh, it's Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. Hit us up, reach out. Um, And we will be doing basic instinct for next week. And uh, super fun. If you want to watch that with us, take a walk down memory lane. I remember thinking it was a good movie at the time, but let's see how it stands up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like and subscribe and give us a review and all that kind of stuff. That on all the us. socials. On, sure. all the, I mean, on the socials. All the socials. We're, I mean, we don't make any money. It helps us because we get excited when we see the like more people. Have, yeah, we, like to, <laughs> we like to have downloads. Um, and Happy New Year, everybody. This is our last episode of the year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Get with when this stuff is posting, I'm like, that's right. Happy New Year. We've been doing this for like six months or something like that. I know it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. That very cool. We've been able to stick with this. That was something I don't know if I said this or not, but we started with a really cheesy movie in the Wraith. 
and we ended with a cheesy movie with uh, this one tonight, Megaforce, which I think the Wraith was much better, but but oh, uh, yeah, we wanted to start with a cheesy movie and go out with a cheesy movie. The Wraith is crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, great. So for next week, uh, let's watch Basic Instinct, and uh, we will talk to you next week.